0: All right, welcome to the Mentor of the Month recording. I am Stuart Anderson, and I am joined with um, this month with one of my good friends, Dr. Kate Gross. Yes, do Hey. <laughs> hey.
1: Um,
0: I have known Kate actually for quite a long time, and we got to experience a dental humanitarian trip recently, which really was a lot of fun and brought our families close together. I have two daughters, and. Kate brought her three kids and we went to the Dominican and, uh, Great. spent nine days in a bus and working in the clinic and, uh, <laughs> really got to know each other and, and, uh, I guess experience good and bad together. Kate, I don't know if it was all good, but it certainly was a good camping and learning experience.
1: It was indeed. <laughs>
0: um, but I really admire Kate and I admire, um, her life as a dentist and also as a person. Um, I've known her father. Dr. Ken Guest was a, a, one of the original founders and members of, of Crown Council. And Kate followed his influence and, and um, mentorship and decided to be a dentist because of her father. Um, she has some great quotes on her website. Uh, I'm going to read one of them. It says, When I was young, I viewed dental care as going to see my dad. However, I hear each day from my patients that the dental office is a very intimidating place for many. I want to change all of that. It fuels my passion to get someone's mouth healthy, all the while making them comfortable and changing their perception of dentistry. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Kate, and she's going to share um, what she's learned over the years, and and, uh, hopefully everyone will learn. So go ahead, Kate, if you want to introduce yourself any, any better than yeah. I did or, okay. Well, I
1: thought you did great. I, okay. <laughs> I'm very flattered to be here. In fact, great. um, you know, my, like you had mentioned, my father was one of the founding members of crown council. And so I've been, um, aware of and have seen the influence that, uh, crown council, Walter Haley, Steve Anderson have had on my own father's life. And I got to experience, um, the early part of Crown Council and Steve Anderson um, from boot camp as a ch- as a young adult, um, you know, as my graduation gift from high school, my dad and mom thought it'd be a great idea to send me to boot camp, is what they used to call Eagle U. Yeah, and um, and so I I feel like I've been a part of um, Crown Council, Eagle U, boot camp for a really long time, and um, man, it's just so cool that I get to be um, this this month's mentor of the month, I, yeah. I really have to pinch myself to, <laughs> to imagine that this is really me, So, um, and this is my opportunity. So, um, like you mentioned, my dad has always just um, really attributed much of his success to all the different um, skills that he learned uh, from Crown Council, mostly just how to interact with patients, um, not necessarily the clinical side, because... Um, that sometimes takes care of itself with continuing education and dental school education. And, um, but you know, all those touch points and all those things that we can do to have an excellent patient relationship and experience, those things just aren't taught skills. And so, um, he really instilled it in me, um, from a very early age that I needed to have those skills too. And so, um, when I started going to boot um, And then I went back to EOU and it transformed into that with my brother when he was in high school and I was in college. Um, That was um, also very interesting. I gained different things from that because my life obviously had progressed along and um, I was starting to really consider my career path. So uh, that was kind of my early experience with Crown Council as a young adult and my dad being my influencer. Uh, And then uh, I joined his practice, I decided to go to dental school, I'd say largely because of my dad, but also because of those early experiences I had with some really great people that I met through the Crown Council, through him, heard stories about. So um, I started dental school, and actually my husband and I were in the same class in dental school, and we Mm -hmm. had much of the same goals, obviously, for our family and for our future practice. And so we as dental students started to attend crown council and learn all those great things that, you know, really you can't tell somebody um, that's an outsider, how valuable that is, Right. Uh, I mean, you can, I guess I shouldn't say that, Um, but once you start learning all these relationship skills, you almost wonder how you could ever do it without it.
0: Um, Kate, could you talk about, uh, could you share just a little bit about your practices um, and tell everybody what you have built um, with your dad and with uh, Dr. Guy and and what you guys manage. Sure. So when we got out of dental school, my husband and
1: I both decided to move back to our community of Salina, Kansas, which is um, a town of about 50,000. We became my father's associates with the expectation at the very beginning that we would eventually buy him out and then he would become our partner and eventually our associate as he entered into retirement. Um, and so all of the agreements that we had going in were the agreements that he agreed to going out. So it was like a full circle kind of deal. Right.
0: Um,
1: when, when we had him depart the practice in 2013 in full retirement, we uh, had, we brought in a couple of associates and had one of them become a partner and um just we've been able to experience all of that um, from associate on through and then having partners. Some associates didn't work out and left. Um, a partner left to go on her own journey. And then we've had new associates come in and um, through that also we've decided to branch out and we now have um, 12 different doctors in our practice, mm. some of them remotely, you know, in different practices throughout the state. Um, and then we also have a mobile dental clinic that services about 160 nursing homes in Kansas.
0: Wow. So
1: we've really expanded our reach. We've also had my brother come aboard, um, to help manage some of those practices too. So it truly is a family business. Um, not only just the dentists, but also the leadership with our practice management group.
0: Very cool. And yeah, um, one of the one of the items that you sent me that you wanted to talk about, which I think would be a good kickoff here, is uh, you wrote, um, the toughest thing for me is determining the line in the sand between being friendly and being the boss. Could you talk about that?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know <laughs> if this is a, a woman thing, but I struggle with this so much because I, I am a people pleaser and I am a person that wants to always be having happy times and and buddy buddy and it's just so hard as a woman as a boss to have that line to have that um, boundary I guess I should say Mm -hmm. and if we get too close I feel like I I can't maintain the level of respect I want Um, but if we get too friendly then lines get get totally towed and then totally smudged and and I can't maintain my my boss status. I don't, I don't think that men may have this same sort of problem. I think guys just are, I don't know. I hate to say uh, just that level of respect, that difference is there. Mm -hmm. Um, But for whatever it's worth, I think that the longer that my employees have been with me, the more shared experiences we've had, like for instance, taking them on missionary trips, like the humanitarian mission trips that you you had spoken of
0: right.
1: when you do that. That naturally brings you closer to those people. Um, the loyalty that happens with being employed for many years. Also, I think you kind of settle into a more of a role, and 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 you know where the line is when you have been together longer. But it's really hard for me to to keep that distance. So um, yeah, that's one of the big struggles, I guess I'd say, from just being the woman boss, but. <laughs> Um, as I get older and as my team points out that I'm older, sometimes old enough to be their mom in certain cases. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> I, I hated that one, but I heard that this year. And uh, when that happens, I think now that I'm getting to be a little bit older, it's becoming easier to maintain the line too. Um, and just being more mature and, and understanding my, um, my roles and my hats that I have to, to, to uh, play in the in the everyday life of a dental practice owner and and dentist
0: could you um could you talk about that that's one thing that you shared the wearing of many hats um how do you yeah. juggle, how do you juggle and balance um all these all these uh things you're trying to to manage
1: well so the hats that i'm managing are i'm a mom of of three kids we're a busy family. We have lots of sports and activities outside of of work time and school time. Um, and so I think it is important to know that I, I feel like um, a lot of us women that are working feel like we have to do it all alone, that we can't admit that we have people help us. And so I'm just here to say that I have people to help me. I have a village behind me that supports me. My parents live in town, um, and I have uh, an excellent, um, almost like surrogate wife, I guess I'd say. She she helps me. She initially was my kids' as babysitter, and now that they're in full-time school, she just helps me with a variety of different things to help me um, do what I do best, which is be mom and be the dentist and be able to take care of my patients the way I really want to be able to without having to worry about getting home and taking care of the laundry or, or, you know, the mundane tasks of life. I mean, I'm going to have help. And if I don't, then I'm not going to be able to be that best version of myself. So I think a lot of times we as women, we're trying to maneuver and juggle and balance um, all these different things. And, and we try to act like we've got it all together, but shoot, I don't have it all together. I need help. So I'm the first to say, and I will admit it, that that's what I do, and I think it helps my sanity. I, it helps me be a better person, um, helps me be a better wife, and my kids like when I'm there and I'm fully present and I'm not worrying about tasks that need to be done. Now, granted, there's things that I do that that are momming that are awesome that I feel like I do really well. Like I love to cook, um, I love to to um, do that, and and to be uh, wholly a part of my kids' nutrition because that just is like my love language is, you know, giving them that. But there's other things that I don't like ironing shirts and uh, <laughs> stuff like that, that. I just, I hate. So yeah. I have help and that's my dirty little secret, I guess.
0: Right. <laughs> not a secret. <laughs> because yeah, I've, watched, yeah. I've watched you online. Um, one of the things I love is how you and Kalia are, like you guys recently did like a race or a run together, exercise and being part of, yeah. taking care of. I love that. I mean, uh, one of these parts, as you said, exercise or preserving, um, you know, preserving yourself, trying to be the fittest person that you can be. Um, and, uh, another one that, that I love that you mentioned, if you wouldn't mind talking about is, um, owning the morning. Yeah. I think that kind of couples with balancing and juggling. Can yeah. Could you talk about that?
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So, um, well, I guess I should tell you that, um, as I looked into owning the morning, quote unquote, like Hal Elrod, one of our Crown Council annual event speakers said, um, as I was looking into that whole thing, um, and also the exercise component, I was battling with many years of really, really bad back pain. Um, it's just like, I mean, I wasn't debilitated and I on disability, but I certainly was battling everyday pain that was. I I didn't think I could maintain the level of my practice if I didn't conquer it. So I tried pretty much everything. And one of the things that I saw resoundingly was that so many um, leaders in in business and um, dentistry, I mean, shoot, every, every avenue out there, they have some sort of morning ritual. So before Hal came even to the annual event, I had been trying to figure out a way to really make this those precious morning hours where nobody else is up in the house work for me. And so I I always have been a morning exerciser because I feel like it gives me a jump on the day and it just kind of gets the the grit and gristle out of there and gets me my engine revved and, and gets me going. So that's always been a part of it. But then I started adding in, you know, yoga and stretching. Um, My husband loves to do foundation training, which is um, Eric Goodman, which was another Crown Council annual event speaker. Um, And so we have kind of our own little ritual. I like to wake up and do some sort of positive, affirmative reading, um, maybe just a little bit of silence or prayer. And then I exercise too, sometimes with a friend, sometimes by myself. I feel like I had to have something more than just a physical aspect of my morning, though. I had to have more of a spiritual component or um, a positive, affirmative thing as well. Because, you know, chronic pain is something that's really tough to stay positive with. and And it's very defeating. So that really helped me get over a lot of the the chronic pain and the feeling of just, it's never going to get better. So owning the morning has been a huge thing. And then, like I mentioned um, about a year and a half before Hal Elrod came to the annual event, I read his book and that just gave me more of a a back backbone or a outline for exactly how to structure my morning. I love that. Um, I really feel like that book helped me re-energize my practice in the morning and give it a little bit more structure and then when to actually see him in person i thought that was awesome so um anybody that has not read that i would highly recommend getting that book and looking through it if you haven't already because he really knows what he's talking about and he conquered pain and depression (laughs) and everything that i was talking about times like a hundred thousand so um it really is um a powerful tool and something that everybody can benefit, even if it's not the exercise part of it, even if it's just the positive affirmations or the prayer, um, having some time to yourself in the morning to reflect about how you want your preferred day to go is one of my top um, skills for being successful and and having the kind of life you want.
0: Very cool. I um, it, It was fun when we announced Hal to the Crown Council Kate was the first, she immediately responded. I think the, <laughs> she wrote, you re, do you remember you responding? Oh, went, yeah. I can't believe he's coming. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Someone knows who he is. And there, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was really fun. So it was, I uh, felt
1: like a little bit of a stalker because I, I waited behind, <laughs> backstage. And then I chased after him. Yeah. And I was the first person to get his autograph after his speech. But um, I was, and I'm not that kind of a person. I'm pretty shy. And um, I was definitely... Um, starstruck. So I didn't really care. And I never really had that sort of experience before. Very cool. Yeah. Hey.
0: Um, I don't want to, if, if you feel like you've talked about it enough, but uh, you wrote, you wrote an interesting thing about your back pain. You said that the struggle is real and agonizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said that um, you adjusted your schedule and finally broke the cycle of pain is was there anything in particular that happened that that helped you with your back or is it all the combinations of things that you just talked about is the only way to take care of it? Uh,
1: You know, well, what happened was my back pain probably started about the time that my partner left and there's just so much um, more work to be done um, with patients. And so um, the schedule was crammed and it was, Lots of, um, you know, kind of, you know, your tedious work, um, tough stuff on your back, holding that static pose, lots of big cases too. But um, my schedule was very, very packed full for a long, long time. And I did pretty much everything. I did um, the yoga. I did exercising. I did chiropractic care about once a week and acupuncture. I found that as well, which has been a lifesaver for me. I do that every month and find it to be incredible. Um, I leave acupuncture feeling like I've just Mm. had the best, um, painkiller, um, wonderful experience. I don't know. People wonder what I've been doing in that room when I come out of there and my (laughs) makeup smudged and my hair is all askew. (laughs) I'm sure. Um, that has been key. Acupuncture is a phenomenal, um, very, very old practice of freeing tension in the body and and getting past muscular imbalances and and pressure points that just can't quite reach. Um, So I'm a big fan of that. I also did massage about every week. And then I started to decide that and those things just weren 't quite cracking the code, so um, I started to adjust my diet and I really decreased my sugar. Um, I actually went on like a sugar detox where i didn 't have any sugar because sugar is inherently um, causes lots of infl- inflammation in the body. Yeah. so I um, quit sugar I did that with the help of a couple of different resources that was very helpful as well. And then it just sort of went from there. So, um, those several things together in conjunction seemed to work for me. And then finally we got to a point too, where, um, I could, we, we found another associate to help with the, the demand from our patients. And so, um, that also helped me restructure my schedule and, um, Dial it back a day, so nice. then I didn't have to work quite so much. But I had conquered the back pain prior to changing my schedule with those previous things that I was speaking to you of.
0: Very cool, nice. Yeah. Okay, good. That's. I think that's helpful for a lot of people. There's. A, yeah. That's such a great advice. So good, good. Um, Kate, I love this part. Would you would you talk about and and Guy and and Kate talk about this? In their practice video, which I uh, I'll, I'll include with this link, so you guys can watch it. Um, but you talk about keeping referrals under the same roof. Yeah. Uh, would you talk a little bit about what that means and, and how you guys have learned um, to do that? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I I I think I have a
1: pretty unique situation in that I practice with my husband, and I did practice with my father. Um, but I also practice with people that are not related to me as well, and I think that we have this this philosophy that there is abundance in um, everything that we do. So my husband loves to do implants. I love to do ortho. Uh, I do bread and butter dentistry. I do orthodontics. Um, my associates love to do uh, a lot of oral surgery, third third molar extractions, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we all have our strengths. And there's a lot of things where we overlap in, but we just we just decide that it's an abundant world out there. So we're not like scurrying for all the the different big cases and worried that um, we're going to cherry pick them or something like that. We all try to have that thought. And so when we have our obviously our our strengths, there's certain things that I'm just not going to do. For example. In my practice, I love to do the orthodontic part. I don't do a lot of oral surgery. It just it just kind of is not my thing. So Guy is excellent at implant courses, and um, he's masterful at that. And so, for example, I, I do a lot of um, ortho cases where I'll open up the spaces where they're missing laterals, and Guy will then go in and place some beautiful dental implants, will restore those one one or or. I will or he will um, but I do that also with my um, associates and, and we just gather and we don't worry about um, the the ego I guess I should say and we just worry about the final outcome and patients love that they don't have to go somewhere they don't have to see somebody new right. they can stay in the confines of your office where they're comfortable where they know everybody on the team too and then that way compliance is so much better And um, the follow through is too. And that's why we really like to take care of all of that under the same roof. And, you know, if it's not possible, if you're on your own, just figure out what you do really, really well and do it so good and then find some people um, that specialize and really grease the channels, make it so easy for your patients to go somewhere else if that 's what they have to do, and make sure that that person you 're referring to is somebody that that has the same sort of people skills and word skills and and practice philosophies that you have, so that they feel very comfortable leaving your practice and going somewhere else. I think that 's what I would recommend if you can 't do it like we do it every now and again there 's a time when we have to uh, refer. And so I had this one referral source that I would refer to, and I don't know if it was because I was a few years out of school and he wanted to show me my place, but instead of being super helpful and, and kind and um, making it easy on the patient, I referred a patient for endo treatment, and he ended up telling the patient that not only did he not understand why I'd referred him him there for that but that that tooth didn't need any work but the tooth down the way did and that he would just go ahead and take care of that tooth and it boggled my mind that he would undercut me so much and undermine my authority my diagnosis I mean and on and on and on and then do something entirely different than what I suggested so you know nonetheless I, I don't refer to that particular individual any longer um it really um the end game is that the patient was the one that failed ultimately not not him and not me really um but i just feel like the patient was completely um put out and didn't know who to trust then and everybody loses with that especially the patient so find somebody that has your same goals in mind and won't undercut your authority and and just as a cool wonderful um individual that has your best interests in mind as well as the patient maybe
0: it's great it's it's such good advice and unfortunately yeah, it was learned by you in kind of a hard way yeah absolutely so great advice you um you had talked about that this this is kind of a different thing for you guys because you do work with family but being in the crown council i've actually noticed there's a lot more of that than um, you would think i mean i work with Family all day. Mm-hmm. Um, what one of your points was uh, working with family? What what have you learned about um, you know being with family all day every day? Is is there is there something you could share there that that um, people could learn from? Um,
1: I think that just with uh, with any kind of business relationship or personal relationship, you just need to have expectations in mind for how it's going to be. Um, like our expectations were that we'd still treat each other with respect and and love. And I I try to do that with my associates and my partners in in the past and in present now. So, I mean, I feel like I have a very strong family dynamic and I've always treated my father and he's treated me with such respect. And I, I feel like that's just a great jumping off point for pretty much any relationship, but having respect for one another and then Um, those definite expectations that just because we're family doesn't mean we treat each other differently. In fact, people are watching us more closely because if we treat each other like crap, you know, and we're rude to one another, uh, I think that trickles down to all the rest of the team. But if we show what a a family does that cares about one another um, and we show that kind of respect and love, I think everybody on the team sees that and feels more like family as well.
0: And it just enriches your office culture. Um, Could we talk a minute about, you wrote, uh, find a tribe. Can you talk about that for a bit? Yeah. uh, I think
1: lately I've been reading a lot of different books about how important it is that we all feel like we have people that understand us and understand um, the pressures that we have and the joys. And I think moms that are working um, are totally different than moms that stay home. And um, I think we all have some similar interests and parallels. But um, especially, like, I, I've recently been on Facebook and got connected to Mommy Dentists and Business. And I mean, that's been a really great Facebook group to be a part of because everybody just gets each other. It's the same. Mm. sort of struggles and joys um it's nice to have that to be a sounding board also just uh people that i've met at continuing education because of course they love the same things i do um and there's just times when we've hit it off and we've stayed friends and we've tried to travel together to other ce events Uh, i love that and i love having those relationships um that i've maintained for many years and then just uh of course your friends in and amongst the community that you know, you have the same uh, kids on kids on the same baseball team and things like that. Those people that have your back and are willing to help. I mean, your tribe is like your village, I guess I should say. The the people that help raise your kids and yeah. and help you with staff concerns or team concerns and and help you when you're you're needing some help on that case because you just can't figure out how to move this tooth to a different location or how to you know talk about your your office manager in a way that. She'll change some of the things she's doing up front, um, those sort of things. And the tribe is just a, another way to not feel like you're all alone. Um, thankfully, I've got my husband. I've, I've got some other dentists in my practice, but I feel like that is our biggest detriment. And I know that's why the Crown Council was discovered and developed because it can be so very isolating to be on your own and yeah. to be... Um, off trying to figure it out all by yourself and sometimes with very little dental school experience in any of these complex subject arenas that we're submitted to every day. So tribe and village and crown council, all that sort of thing is just a way to make it so that you feel connected to a community that understands you. And I think that's so vitally important.
0: Very cool. I agree. We found that it's, um, you know, over the last 20 years with crown council, having that group, um, a community uh, so you never have to practice alone is, is is a huge aspect of being a successful not only person but also successful in your practice so very cool.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, just, a, just a couple more here Kate I've got yep. um, uh, I love this idea you wrote find white space in your day can you talk yeah. about what that means what is white space? Well,
1: this was another Crown Council gal. I can't remember her name, but she came in and talked about finding white space in your day. That is the unscheduled time where you just kind of decompress. Like, for instance, on your drive home from work, um, between being a dentist and being a mom or a dad, you know, transitioning between those roles and trying to have just a little bit of time where you can just take a breath, right? Um, So I wrote on my blog... um, a little story that I thought people would find to be bizarre. But I, when my kids were really little, I only have like, (laughs) I live in a small town. I only have like a six minute quote unquote commute. And this just was not enough white space for me. I had been like, you know, inundated all day. Um, I've been swamped with fillings and crowns and ortho and yada, yada, yada and kids and I just couldn't go home after six minutes, you know, so I would swing through my local coffee shop, I'd get myself a coffee and then I'd go, I know it sounds a little morbid, but I'd go to the graveyard to my grandfather's grave. And I'd sit there sometimes in my car, if it was super cold out or super hot. And I would just sit there sipping my coffee and sit there with nothing to do, but just kind of decompress. And sometimes I would um, do something just entirely, for me, like I'd get on Pinterest or I'd, um, read a book or sometimes just sit there in the the silence because I knew I was not going to have silence when I got home. And it was just, um, a great way to get a little mental clarity and, and kind of go, I'm going to get it. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to put my other hat on and forge into this night, you know? So, um, that's what white space means for me. And, I find it to just be a little mental break in your day instead of just rushing into the next thing.
0: I love it. What a great, what a good, um, great idea. Steve, I think Steve's kind of said this, um, in some of those skills of the week where he talks about leaving, maybe leaving your baggage or being able to you know, offload that stuff someplace else for, yeah. Uh, before you come home and dump it on everyone or <laughs> yes. Be part of that. Well, good. Uh, <laughs> You talk here. Oh, uh, what about you? Talked about mission work. I know we mentioned it, yeah. a little bit, But you, um, you mentioned here that it's been part of your life since uh, dental school. Is that uh, yeah,
1: yeah?
0: Do you want to talk about why? Mission, How to, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, Guy and I, my husband and I, we started doing mission work when we were in dental school. We got the opportunity to do a couple of different impactful dental missions, and I feel like that really shaped our whole philosophy about. Uh, the kind of dental practice we wanted to have, um, how how wonderfully life-changing it can be, how affirming. And when you return from those, it's like, did you really do a service to them or do they do it for you? Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we left our first trip just absolutely just almost embarrassed to come home to this small little shabby apartment we had as two dental students with a whole bunch of student loans. I mean, it was just shocking how much we really had, and we'd never really thought about it that way before. Um, So that was our first experience, and that was in Venezuela, which is, you know, now someplace you can't even go to. And then we went to Guatemala, and we traveled there. And, I mean, just the amount of things that we saw that were like going back in time or were like a National Geographic special, it was so enriching to our lives we would never seen anything like that before so then we just kind of got the bug um of course the bug was delayed a little while because we had three children in rapid succession and a practice to start but once our kids got a little older we went um back just this past oh gosh has it been two years ago um when we went with you guys and um we brought our kids we didn't know really if it was going to be a good thing or not because our youngest was seven Our oldest was 10, I believe at the time. We kind of worried about safety. We worried about would they have anything to do or would they just whine and say, I'm bored, I'm bored. But I'm telling you, um, it made a huge difference. And it was not only just a way that we feel it impacts our practice culture, but now it impacts our family culture. And I'm hoping that not only does it just build that spirit of giving in our kids, but that it it makes them want to do the same thing and and to celebrate our differences and also just to be able to see that there's so many similarities no matter where we go and what we do, even though we have so many different things about our our lives, our culture, our languages that we still can connect and give back even if we're kids. So um, that's been something awesome for us and actually we, Guy and I, are going to be heading up the um, Guatemala mission in 2019. 2019. So we are so pumped about that. And we're going to take our kids again. Of course, they have been begging us to come back (sighs) and to do another mission trip again. So um, that'll be quite a treat for us in 2019. And then, you know, also I didn't even mention, but the the team has also, who has also been along with us, um, we've changed their lives too. And we've filled some voids and some, some women that were aching and needing some, some mental and spiritual filling up basically. And, and then just having the opportunity to, to serve in areas where there's such a need that you can't even imagine. So uh, I feel like we've really, uh, we impact and we fill the hearts of our team as well when we take them along with us.
0: So cool. I, um, you know, I- because I don't get to practice dentistry on the humanitarian trips, one of my favorite parts of the trip we went on was when we got to watch your kids, um, hand out. They had done a service project before they left yes. where they gathered 150 pounds worth of baseball equipment. And then we, we took it all down and then we went to a, I guess essentially an orphanage and, yep. and, and handed it out. And spent the afternoon playing ball and and presenting these uh, Dominican kids with old mitts and uh, catcher's gear. <laughs> the catcher's gear that was the best. <laughs> <laughs> it was epic. But they it was, loved it. It was so fun to watch um, your kids be involved and you guys take joy in in having them uh, be part of the group. So one, yeah. I'll I'll always remember it. It was really good. Plus, so I think cool. it I think I think it appeared on a Christmas card. That picture that I received. It,
1: I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. It was an epic moment in our kids' lives for sure. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, Kate, um, can we wrap up? You you talk here about uh, having a gratefulness exercise. Can you can we talk about that and um, and, and leave it there? I know we're um, at least a half an hour or so here along. So do you want to do that sure. one?
1: Okay. Sure. Well, a long time ago, my husband and I were reading and we saw that depression can – Depre- the seeds of depression cannot root in a grateful heart. And I think that the seeds of unhappiness and all sorts of maladies that afflict us in modern day society, they can't, they can't gain traction when you're so grateful. And so one of my team members and I, Libby, um, who has also been on mission trips with us, we uh, did this exercise um where every single day we would text each other three things we were grateful for. And I ended up keeping a list of it. And so every day we look forward to getting the other person's gratefulness list. And basically, it was just a way for us to keep each other accountable. Hmm. So instead of me just writing down three things and keeping a journal, I actually, did that and then sent it to her so she could see it. And it just, I felt like it sometimes was about her, but a lot of times it wasn't. And I felt like getting her list of stuff, it was so exciting and it just spurred it um, on to continue for a long time. And we just got so much joy out of it. And I feel like it impacted a lot of our outlook um, throughout those months that we did that. Um, And so now I'm, you know, with the morning exercise too, I, I try to incorporate gratefulness into that as well. And uh, I think that the more you exercise that gratefulness muscle, the more it happens to um, come to you easier and easier and makes you happier and happier. So that is the story on that whole exercise there.
0: So good. That's so cool. And so, and Libby, um, I mean, she's a crown council, um, Legend of herself, as is. Uh, <laughs> she
1: is. She's been she, to quite a few, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I think she. I think she won. I could be wrong. Maybe. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I think she won Team Member of the Year. Yes. Uh, at the, yeah. At the annual event. So. Very yeah, cool. She, she's a, an exceptional person. She is. Okay. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for your family. um As much as Crown Council and and whatever has been a part of your life, you guys have been. Uh, part of our lives forever. So grateful that you'd come on and um, Share what you've learned over the years and heck in 30 in 30 years. Maybe we'll do this again we could, uh, Awesome. I'd love you know, to <laughs> <we'll go
1: around. laughs> Yeah, cool. Yeah. well, thank you so much for being having me be a mentor of the month. Like I said, I just had to pinch myself to to uh, feel myself being here as it feels very full circle, so I appreciate it so very much, and I really enjoyed talking to you, Stu.
0: Thanks, Dr. Kane. I appreciate it.